0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Family Business in Dawa
1: podcast. We are the voice of African family business, promoting generational wealth and generational legacies.
0: And my name is Susan Tendi.
1: And I am Nika Anani.
0: And we're going to be taking you through the journey of African family business. Welcome to this afternoon session. Uh, It is really a privilege of mine to introduce the speakers of the first session of this afternoon. So let me start with the star of the afternoon. Not, Shelley, that you are not a star, but um, I think the author of the book has done the biggest job um, for this interview. So, Nika, it's very nice to see you again, um, even if you're sitting in the U.S. at the moment, and, um, I'm sure a lot of who she is and what the book is about will come out in the interview. But she's a mom of two little kids and she's also the co-founder of African Family Firms and, um, uh, CV is already so long. And she's also done the next generation, um, FFI modules and, um, yeah but I think your your experience of the next gen um, is practical. You also come from a family business. so I think you look at it from both um, you know an academic point of view but definitely also from a practical point of view. And then probably the best researcher that I've ever worked with and still working with or privileged to have uh, to work with is my colleague um, Professor Shelley Farrington and um Shelley is going to do the interview this afternoon with Nikkei, and then Andrea will present from PwC also on what their report found, and then we will have a nice panel discussion for the last hour. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Shelley. I know you will probably ask uh, a lot of the questions behind this book, what it took. So uh it's over to you, ladies. Thank okay, you.
2: Okay, hi, everybody. If you don't mind, I'm just going to share my screen here. Okay. Nikki, is it shared okay?
1: Yes, I can see it Looks All great. right.
2: Good good afternoon, everybody. Um welcome to the session. As you can t- see it's titled Author Interview with Nikki Anani. Nikki it's a real um pleasure to have you. I almost want to say on the show because it's just not, <laughs> this isn't quite <laughs> like a conference, but um um, like, El- Elmory's already introduced you, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. But um, as most of you that are, are attending this afternoon know that Nikki is the co-host and one of the founding members of this conference. But um, although Elmery has given a little bit of insights into your background, um, some of you might not know that Nikki is a succession specialist and legacy planning consultant, specifically for future-focused families. And in this role, she basically acts as a bridge between the different generations. She's the co-founder of African Family Firms, uh, which you know is a non-profit membership association of family businesses throughout Africa and beyond. In addition, Nikki is now also the author of a book. The book's called Lifetime to Legacy. And it really looks at unpacking uh, the new vision for multi-generation family businesses and what she calls demystifying the world that is is uh, family business from an African perspective. I think this is what, what intrigued me um, most about about the book. You know, as an academic and as a researcher, I was intrigued by not only the content, you know, the fact, the mystifying African family business, but also the whole process of writing a book. You know, as as researchers or academics, I think at some point we all have this notion, oh, I'm going to write a book or or put it this way, I have had that. And I think that's what prompted us to kind of include this interview um, on, as part of the conference program because I'm inquisitive as to, and how you went about this as an academic. And like I said, I'm sure most academics out there at some point have this inkling they're going to write a book. Now, before we actually get into the content of the book itself, Nikki, you say that most of your experience and lessons that you cover in the book come you've gained or come as a result of your practical experience of leading your own family's business as a next-generation family member. And although the book does give several... Personal glimpses of yourself, which I found very fun to be very engaging. I almost looked forward to when you you kind of spoke a little bit about yourself. But you actually give almost nothing away about your own family business. Maybe just as a starting point, what business is your family business? What business are you in? Just very briefly.
1: Yes. Um, firstly, thank you for having me here. It's awesome to be on the other side of the table. Um, our family enterprise. We have three operating businesses in Nigeria. Um, we have a construction business. We have a real estate development company and an engineering consulting firm. Um, When I moved back to Nigeria from the UK, I set up the family office as well. So the family office oversaw investments that the family had been investing in, which were primarily like ventures and private equity type deals, primarily across Africa. And also strategic business planning um, within the operating businesses as well. So I had a purview over the investment side as well as the operational businesses.
2: Well I think that just gives us a little bit of an idea of where what your background is. But getting straight to it, now what would inspire you to write a book? You're in a family business, you're doing consulting, what what made you knuckle down and actually write a book?
1: You know, it was just through the work that I was doing, working with third party families, I found that there were so many similarities between different families. Whilst we always say in this industry, every, you meet one family business, you've met one family business. But there were so many threads and similarities that I thought there was opportunity to, um, show learnings, practical takeaways for families so they could implement as they navigate their generational transition. I also found that um, generational transitions of family enterprises have many moving parts, right? There's strategic business planning, there's estate planning, wealth planning, tax, estate, and investments, but there's also the governance side, there's also the leadership side, there's also the next generation's development and education. And I found that a lot of advisors that tend to f- surround families think that the solution is in the technical. But in reality, the solution consists both of the technical and the relational and really the whole point of the book was to highlight that that we need to build a foundation of the relational within the family where we build better stronger connectivity and it's on that on top of that we build our governance we build the next generation development and education we build the strategic business planning the estate planning the wealth planning tax planning and so on and so forth
2: well you've given us a little bit of insights into the book but if you had to You know, if somebody say, well, what's your book all about? Just give us a brief idea. How would you describe? It's not definitely not an academic book, but how would you describe it? What is it all about?
1: It is a practical handbook for how to take your family business from a lifetime one to a legacy one. What you can do within your family to get started. The conversations you can have within your family to get started to propel you to legacy.
2: Okay. Um, In the book, you mentioned that um, there's a lot of common mistakes that family businesses make. Would you say there are some that are unique to African family businesses?
1: Um, No, not necessarily. I think these are quite universal. So one that I give is a lot of people tend to want to work in the business and not work on the business, right? So, working in the business is very operational. Thinking about, you know, um, procurement, thinking about human resources, and so on and so forth. But when we think about family enterprises, working on our business is really the business of family. Working on the family. How can we ensure that? We have clarity of vision and mission. How do we ensure that we're communicating effectively? How do we ensure that we're collaborating effectively so that we can start to do things like family governance and next generation education and start to plan for legacy? So that's a huge mistake that a lot of people in family enterprises make, as well as linked to that is thinking they have a lot of time to work on this. So thinking we'll deal with that when mum or dad want to retire. We'll deal with that when the time comes, but this takes a lot of time to plan. You usually need to give yourself a legroom of five to ten years before that event to start getting orderly and start getting organized. So that's a common mistake a lot of people make.
2: Thanks. Um, Nikki, you also mentioned that multi-generational success requires transformation and not transition. What, mm. what do you mean by that? What is a transformational business, family business?
1: Transformation is the ability to change your form, your state, your appearance in spite of so much change around you. And just thinking through contextually, family enterprises are dealing with so much change, changes of the individual family members going through their life transition. Changes of the family itself. We will have new births. We'll have de- deaths. We may have divorces. We'll have in-laws. Um, there's all sorts that happens in our family and changes in the business, changes in the business environment. When we think through this third, this um, industrial, third industrial revolution age, we're in with technological changes and high level of disruption. It's really important that we just don't adapt to change, but that we precipitate change as family enterprises. So thinking through the role of the next generation or the role of really the family is to start thinking through how can we ensure that we are transforming in spite of all this change that's coming at us. How can we think through new markets potentially that we can enter, new products and services that we can get into, new investments we can make, new joint ventures that we can pursue, new relationships and I think that provides a really great way to actually engage the next generation, because quite often they're very future focused. What can we do to propel this family enterprise into the future? What can we change? Um, and they're typically the digitally native generation, technologically fluent, um, more globalized in their thinking and in their relationships. So transformation really is like I mentioned about thinking through how can we drive change so we're not adapting to change
2: and what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles that family businesses are facing in terms of this transformation
1: I would say the um, external environment this disruption is really difficult for families to grapple with because a lot of founders um, tend to rely on you know what their history and their past and their heritage and their values and what they did to get to where they are today. But the challenge is when we look into the future, the rate of change, technological um, change that we're going to see, and the rate of not just technological, if we look at our world today, there's so much political disruption, social upheaval. um, We will need to be able to drive change in areas of technology, in areas of strategy, in areas of sustainability as well. Um so on the business side, I think that's where families are finding the most rate the the most challenging change to grapple with.
2: Well, I'm not going to take up too much because I don't want to give too much away of your book, but you also highlight the importance of connection. Yeah. Especially connection between the family members. What exactly do you mean by that?
1: Alignment, engagement, um, the families coming together. Um, the sum of connection really is family members having clarity, united clarity so not necessarily uniform we don't want uniformity we want unity um, so clarity of vision of mission of values of purpose um, connected families also communicate effectively communicate the technical as well as the emotional so they're able to get because quite often in families what gets in the way of succession, what gets in the way of collaboration, it's not necessarily um, technical acumen, um, business um, expertise and so on and so forth. But quite often it's personal issues in the family, like rifts, traumas, hurts. Um, so if we're able to communicate these emotional um, matters and able to work through them and heal through them, We become more effective as team players. And lastly, collaboration. So really seeing that it's a team sport, um, I talk about how a common mistake folks make is thinking it's about individual rulership. It really isn't. It's about collective leadership. So we're a team. We're like members of a team working towards a common goal and trying to see that we submit our respective strengths to the team to see that we're moving towards winning the game.
2: This one last question about the book you you have a chapter that I found really interesting on Africans have natural advantages. Maybe you could just pinpoint or highlight one of those and how can family businesses actually or African family businesses harness the, that advantage just maybe yeah. a, a quick
1: oh, this is tough. Which one am I going to pick? I will pick reverence of elders so typically okay. across Africa, we tend to have a premium over age, right? We tend to respect people by, by virtue of the fact that they're older and, um, authority is not to be questioned and we have titles we give to people, um, that are, are deemed wise and so on and so forth. And quite often my generation push back against that and see it as a stifling of our authority, a stifling of our autonomy. But I think there's something to be said about that in that quite often what we're seeing in the industry generally is um, a lack of intergenerational collaboration. But this reverence of the elders is allowing for this intergenerational collaboration within our family firms in Africa, because it's allowing for the experience and the expertise of the older generation to be passed on to the next generation. The next generation mm-hmm. has to be willing <laughs> to receive this. Um, and that's not to say the next generation don't have a voice to submit. And that's not to say the next generation don't have something to contribute. It's just to say that I really think that this, um, the reverence of the elders is, 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 something that we should be proud of. And in Jay Hughes' book, he really highlights his book, Family, the Compact among Generations. He talks about the importance of elders in family enterprises, and he highlights four roles that they play in um, kind of stirring the ship of the family enterprise. So they are mediators. So often they will resolve and mediate disputes in the family to create this family unity and trust. They will tend to be advisors. They will advise the family when it's not following the rules that the family has deemed as this is the way we do things around here. They are storytellers, something that is also one of our natural advantages in Africa. And storytelling is so important in family enterprises, reminding us of our legacy, reminding us of our history and allowing for individuals to see how they fit into that wider collective story. And also um, they maintain and implement rituals and ceremonies in the family. So these are really important roles um, that elders play in ensuring that the legacy continues in the family enterprise.
2: Nikki, let's move a little bit on very, very briefly. Tell me who should, who are the readers of your book? Who should read your book?
1: Yeah. The readers of my book are one, founders that are looking to let go of their businesses and retire out and thinking what's next and how, what's my next step? How do I go about in doing this? Second, um, next generation that are wanting to grab on and seek a way to champion change within their family enterprise whether next generation family members are working in the business or not. Um, they're really grappling with how are we going to move this family business that mum and dad have built for you know so long? How are we going to move it forward into the future? And lastly, advisors um, and non-family staff that work with families and perhaps feel a bit like a fly on the wall, not really understanding the dynamics at play and just want to gain a deeper insight into really how families operate and how the dynamics within the family can impact upon the enterprise and vice versa.
2: How about writing the book? I'm getting a little bit more to the, the technical side of it. How does one write a book? You know, do, um, what, do, what would you say is the most important element of actually or of good writing? How, what would you say that is?
1: I would say the first thing is the question you just asked me, getting very clear, who are you writing for? Why are you writing this book? And what is the key main message that your book seeks to deliver? Once you have clarity of that, then it's easy to then map out the structure of the book. So what's the journey you want to take the reader on? Where, Where are you going to drop off? and say, bye-bye, <laughs> you're on your own now, or, you know, um, where are you going to start off? It's really important to get full clarity. It took me a long time um, to get full clarity. For, for instance, I knew I was writing to the African audience. I wasn't just writing to, um, I wasn't just writing to any global family. Whilst other families can get a lot of benefit from reading the book, my key audience were African families, generation one to generation two, navigating generational transition and dealing with a host of problems. Um, so linked to that is also getting very clear on what are the problems that your target audience are going through? And how does the key message of the book address those key problems? Um, that would be the starting point.
2: I think you've kind of answered the second question. So I'm going to, or this last one. So I'm going to move on. Just tell us, at how did you feel when you finished writing this book? It was obviously a big project. Um, how did you feel? What did you do to celebrate when it was finally
1: finished? I just felt so relieved <laughs> 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 that I finished it um, because it's such a private, sacred work that you're doing on your own. Um, it took me... It took me about six months to finish the first draft. So I'm in my office two hours a day just writing this thing on my own, no feedback, right? And then you send it to someone and you ask for their feedback. Like I sent it to you and I got such incredible feedback. I was just like, oh my goodness, all that effort was really worth it. Someone outside of me, um, because you get so deep in it, you can't really see it right um someone outside of me sees value in it I just felt a huge sense of relief um a huge sense of pride as well that I really pushed through because it took a lot of consistency a lot of discipline um a lot of vulnerability as well to share your sacred work with people that are well reputed and renowned in the industry like yourself and other people and ask for their feedback is like what do you think um but it made the book so much better, um, getting feedback from people um, and hearing their comments and also hearing the testimonials of how people have used the book to lead conversations in their family and seeing the results that it's made.
2: Thank you. Before I hand back to Elmree, just for the, the delegates who are attending, who are interested in the book. It's available on um, on Amazon and the book promises to be practical, entertaining and to the point. It's a simple hands-on guide with lots of tips and it provides practical and non-academical advice for navigating ge- generational transition. And I, for one, really enjoyed reading the book. And we'd like to thank you for, like I said, I almost want to say coming onto the show this afternoon um, and we wish you all the best with the book and all your future writing endeavors. I hope this is not the, the last of it. And Elmery, with that, I'll hand over to you. If there's any questions from the from the audience for for Nikki, from the delegates, thank you, thank you, to, thank you, Nikki. Thank you
0: to you both. Um, fascinating, and I'm sure we can speak for hours. And Nika, you will have another chance um, to give us some specific insights later on. So, mm. thank you, Shelly. Uh, two questions. Um, one very good question from Raymond. Uh, how can we as researchers assist in the soft issues mm. that are a hindrance to the next gen or succession? And I was quite shocked now when you said you, it took you six months to write the first draft because, um, it took us three years to write the family, um, the family farms book, um, because we were three contributors and, uh, we had a lot of examples of family businesses on the ground. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'm very impressed. Uh, I find it daunting to write a book um even if you have the structure so well done it's uh, amazing so perhaps you can give some advice to to Raymond um how can we assist in the soft issues
1: oh that's a really difficult question and it's linked to you answered a similar question yesterday Marie um the willingness of families to come to the fore to be subjects of research Particularly when we're talking about very sensitive topics. Um, I'm not sure. I wonder whether you've got some insight as to how we can um assist. I guess I, I think
0: I think you need uh, both. Um um Shelly comes from a family business herself, Uh so she has insight. Um I've been consulting for fifteen years. I don't think I will be able to talk on family business Raymond at all. If I didn't consult to them, um, I think we, we, we can't just research them. So, and I think Nikkei that, uh, I know you've also done modules, you, are uh, academically strong, but you also sit in a family business. So I think you need both, Raymond. You need to expose yourself to, to practice as well. Um, one cannot, um, learn these things out of a book. And then Nikkei, the last, um, question. I'm just curious, how do you define legacy? What is, what is a legacy to you? How uh, you, That's the title of your book. Mm. So I'm just curious, what is a legacy to you?
1: Great question. Um, And I, I write about this early in the book, that legacy, quoted by Peter Stroppel, is not leaving something for people. It's leaving something in people. It really is about the legacy of entrepreneurship, passing on the knowledge, the skills, the collective wisdom that the family has harnessed over generations. And for me, what is really sad is when it stops at the founder. And that's not necessarily that the business stops at the founder. It's that all that knowledge, that information doesn't get passed on to the next generation to choose what to do with it, whether to continue in entrepreneurship or to continue with philanthropy or to take that into the corporate world. But quite often what breaks my heart is that missing conversations between the two generations where the second generation don't appreciate what it took to build the business, what it takes to steward them and continue the business and are not able to take that learning on. I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, being a next gen is like being in a university that you choose to, to go to, right? And you could choose to see it as I get this opportunity to learn so much from this amazing, it's amazing that entre, what entrepreneurs do literally take a vision that was in their mind and they bring it into life it's 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 really mind-blowing and we don't all have that opportunity to have that proximity to such on a day-to-day basis and there's so much that can be taken from the skill set it requires to be an entrepreneur into different spheres of life from overcoming negative beliefs to consistency to um hard work to being persuasive with stakeholders um to being a futurist, and so on and so forth. So for me, legacy is about that collective wisdom, knowledge, intelligence, passing on that legacy of entrepreneurship.
0: Wow, that is um, a lot of process and fantastic. So thank you so much, Nika and Shelly. Uh, so we unfortunately have to um, call it a session. And I hope you will all tune into the next session, um, which will be Andrea um, from PwC. We will share insights. And then after that, we will have the um, discussion, panel discussion. So I hope to see you all later on. Thank you so much to the two of you.
2: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Nikki. Thank you, Elmerie.